The greatest podcast in the year 2021. What is convince me? That is incorrect. The correct answer is probably the Joe Rogan show, but come on down to our next episode of convince me. Welcome in, everybody. Come on down, so to speak. It is episode 38 of Convince Me. I am Andy Rutherford, joined as always by Mr. Brian Bennett, Mr. Casey Elrod. Gentlemen, how goes it this week? I was so close with that answer. So close, but so far away. Probably. When we open the segment up next year, it may be the correct answer. It's possible. Ahead of my time. That's what it is. I'm just ahead of the time. Could be. We will find out uh, roughly next year. But welcome to the first episode of 2021 of Convince Me, our second calendar year uh, on your airwaves. And uh, it's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. Maybe. Uh, we hope so. But it, we'll get that way if you guys help us out. And the way you can help us out is the weekly shill. Make sure you're following us, sharing us, checking us out, rating us, reviewing us, subscribing us, all that crap that makes us look good uh, on all of our social media pages. We can be found, of course, on probably our most active social media page at facebook.com slash convince me show every Tuesday night. You're going to get a preview of that week's show before it drops on Wednesday. You're going to get... Uh, the Facebook preview in a video format. Be sure you're following us there. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at Convince Me Show. Occasionally, we let you guys pick the topics for the show, uh, and we'll put those polls up over on Twitter. Um, if you're going to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, you might as well follow us on Instagram. We're there, Convince Me Show, uh, as well over on Instagram. And, of course, we are on YouTube every single week. The entirety uh, of the every episode in video format can be found on YouTube, tinyurl.com slash convince me show. And of course, every Wednesday morning we're dropping or we could say it's escaping uh, a new episode right there. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, we're on Spotify, uh, we're on Anchor, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, all that great stuff. Make sure you find us where you like it to listen to podcasts, and we should be there. If we're not, let us know. Bennett, you didn't have the graphic this week. You're not. I'm going to work on one bigger and better, though. Oh, bigger I would, better. I would also like to add, please help control the pet populations. Please have your pet spayed or neutered as well. Especially if they act like mine, because we don't need more of them. Um, but as Elrod's Kind of, you know, a little foreshadowing there. Elrod's getting neutered this week. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> used to me. <laughs> but this week is a special week in the world of television. Uh, Mr. Elrod suggested the show, and I don't know if he knew the significance of this week when he suggested this show. Uh, judging by the look on his face, he did not. But this week will air the final episodes of Alex Trebek's hosting of Jeopardy. 
the final episodes that he hosted will be airing this week. So this week we are taking a look uh, at game shows. Uh, I don't know about everybody out there, but I know ever since television has been a thing, game shows have been a regular part of programming. Um, people love game shows. There's a game show network now. Uh, and while we could dive into all sorts uh, of these obscure game shows, these mainstream game shows, tonight we're looking at two of, if not the two top biggest heavy hitters when it comes to game shows, and we're pitting them against each other. This week, the two biggest names in the genre, we're looking at Jeopardy versus Wheel of... Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't pick Wheel of Fortune. Versus The Price is Right. Um, myself... Uh, representing Jeopardy, Mr. Elrod representing The Price is Right, and Mr. Bennett will be our moderator. Mr. Bennett, are you prepared to take on such a task? I think so. It's a lot of pressure, but I've, I've done a lot of meditating, so I think I'm ready. <laughs> so to get us started, I was trying to think of a fair way to do this. So... I think well, the only it, fair way, Bennett, is we do prices right every time. We got to do prices right tonight. That's what we got to do, right? You know, I thought about it, but I couldn't find my receipt from Walmart. <laughs> so we missed it by that much. But here's what we're going to do. The closest, without going over. If both y'all go over, we will just wrap up the show right then. <laughs> okay, I want to know. The combined total of seasons for Jeopardy and the Price is Right. Seasons combined. For Jeopardy and the Price is Right. In for the win. All right, is in for the win. Let's do it. Right. Okay. Ready? Got what? Rudd's got 84. Elrod's got 79. Jeopardy has been around for 37 seasons. The Price is Right has been around for 49 seasons. Given the total, 86 seasons. Rudd, right on the nose, just under. So, Rudd, do you want to start us off or do you want to defer? Well... I buzzed in correctly, for buzzed in first. Um, but unlike Jeopardy fashion, I will pass the buck, so Ooh. to speak, over to Mr. Elrod, and I will let him bat lead off. All right, Elrod, then tell me your opening statement, why Price is Right is better than Jeopardy. Well, Bennett, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, especially when I was about – six to 11 going over my grandmother's house. There was always three things on the television. There was young and the restless. There was the God lot. And there was the price is right. Bennett, the price is right made Americans care and pay attention to how much toaster ovens were, how much were oven mitts. The price is right. Opened my eyes early on to how stupid some Americans are with, with how they bid on these items. I love trivia more than anybody on this show, probably even Mr. Rutt. I love trivia. But here's the thing about Jeopardy. Here's the reason why the price is right's better. Jeopardy is the same thing over and over 
and over again. It's just different categories and questions. The price is right changes constantly. You've got a total of 110 pricing games played on the show, 77 games in rotation. You've got Bob's Beauties. Now, they're Drew's Beauties now. But Bob's Beauties, you've got Alex Trebek with Jeopardy. That's what you don't have with Jeopardy. Alex Trebek, God rest his soul, but he's no Bob Barker. Let's be honest. I'll talk more about all the accolades that Bob that Bob got tonight. Drew Carey's good. He's no Bob Barker. But all the awards this show has won over the years, it's consistently number one on any credible publication. Number one, always. The games. You've got iconic games. Plinko, the cliffhanger game, the putt-putt game, the dice game. You got the Yodler game with the guys going up the mountain. Yeah, you got that guy. You don't have that with Jeopardy. Jeopardy is not a true game show. Price is Right is a game show. It's games. Jeopardy is basically a trivia game. That's all it is. And that is the reason why the Price is Right is better. One, one question real quick. Good good opening. Good opening. My question is, what does the yodeler guy say again? As oh, Lee, oh, Lee, oh, Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do, I do like that little guy. Though. Hey, I, I deserve a point for that. I do. Okay, yeah. I'll give you a point for that. That was All good. All right. Let's hear it. Jeopardy. All right, got a point. But like most Drew Carey hosted shows, the points don't matter. Um, anyway... <laughs> Moving on to Jeopardy. Jeopardy is, in a way, very simple. Elrod tries to use that as a, a, a negative of Jeopardy. But Jeopardy, in reality, is there's not a lot of glitz. There's not a lot of glamour. There, there's not a lot of fat. But there's a whole lot more meat on that than anything else. It is truly the game show of game shows when it comes to trivia. Because here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I love The Price is Right. And, and you're not going to hear me badmouth the likes of Bob Barker or any of that tonight. But let's look at it from a competitive standpoint. Any Yahoo can win on The Price is Right. Anybody that graduated 416th in their high school class could win a brand new car on the price is right but it takes talent to win at jeopardy it takes talent and intelligence at trivia there is a test to get on the show and because of that it's not a game of luck it's not a game of chance it is a true competition game show where only where really those that have excelled more than anybody have become names uh kind of in the world and we'll get to that uh in a little bit and don't get any disrespect to bob barker at all but what elrod said uh, was wrong because there are a lot of very, very notable publications that will tell you the greatest game show host of all time is Alex Trebek. Um, and Bob Barker has was great, made a lot of accolades, a lot of awards, but simply when you hope when you break it down to who's the best game show host of all time, it's Alex Trebek. Bob Barker is close second. 
And really, only one of these guys has knocked Adam Sandler out cold in a movie, and it's not Alex Trebek. So what we're saying is Pat Sajak is not the best game show host. Pat Sajak is. Here's the thing: there's Bob Barker and Alex Trebek. I would put Pat Sajak right under them. Pat Sajak very underrated. True. And Family Feud. Which one? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what kills yeah, Family like Feud for me. They've had 117 different hosts of Family Feud. Richard, the Richard guy is the best one they've ever had. The one on the classic guy on Game Show Network. The one that made out with everybody? Yes. He's <laughs> the best. You don't think Al Borland was? No. <laughs> anyway. You need to stick to home improvement. What'd you say? All right. You need to stick to home improvement. Oh. I thought you said you hated home improvement. I was about to kick you off the show. Anyway, hmm. moving along. Anyway. Bennett, where are we going first? No? Well, you know what? Let's give the Facebook viewers one subtopic since I just fumbled the ball there. Uh, let's yeah. give them one and, and then. You're not getting a full show like you did last week. Um, but we'll get one topic. Okay. So, you know, both of us, or all three of us, you know, we we grew up watching it, but they, the start of these shows was before our time. So I'm curious to know, like, how these got started, how they were created. And Elrod, I'll go with you. Tell me how the process right came to be. Yeah, so the process right really began back in uh, 1956, a long time ago. It was first on NBC. It later went to ABC, and it was first hosted by Bill Cullen, who I will talk more about him later on. But it was a lot different than the modern game. Um, contestants would uh, bid on items that range from a few dollars to thousands of dollars, but it was more like an auction-style uh, game show you didn't really have the wheel you didn't have the showcase showdown you didn't have anything like that and it kind of sputtered for a couple years um there's some there had a huge problem with technical difficulties and nbc thought about pulling the plug because of all the technical difficulties they were having but some producers said just give it more time we'll work out the kinks and it fluttered for a few years but never really picked up steam and by 1965 it was off the air uh, it just was an afterthought. You don't get the modern uh, version that you see today of the prices right until 1972, until CBS picks it up and you get Bob Barker. And he was the, uh, the host uh, from 72 um, when the, the show was rebooted. And he was the show uh, host until 2007, um, con- consistent host. So the game really hasn't changed a whole lot since uh, 1972. You have the pricing game, you have uh, the spin of the wheel, you, you have the showcase showdown. Uh, they've had uh, essentially the same rotation of games since the early 70s. There's been some, some newer games uh, uh, and blood your own with Drew Carey coming on board. Uh, you have some new games and still as well. But since 72, uh, the format's been basically the same. Uh, so uh, there was a seven-year hiatus, but the modern – version that we know comes to us from 1972. All right. Um, Mr. Rudd, tell me about the creation of Jeopardy, how that got started. 
The creation of Jeopardy is oftentimes contributed to the famed uh, media mogul at the beginning of television, uh, really, Merv Griffin, uh, who's also credited with coming up with Will Fortune. But he really, when you break it down, the idea for Jeopardy came from Merv Griffin's wife, Julianne. Uh, they were on a plane, and he was thinking of game show ideas because game shows were a big rage, and he was looking to get into that market. And there was a big uh, game show scandal in the 50s, uh, where there, especially with quiz shows, because things were being rigged. Uh, it ended up coming out, and uh, there was kind of no quiz shows after that. Um, and his wife said, came up with the idea, you should come up with a quiz show, but put a little twist on it. Make the answer be the question. And the answer to that has to be in the form uh, of a question. And it kind of hit him that he thought that was a great idea. When they landed, he took the idea straight to NBC and NBC bought it without even seeing a pilot of the show. Uh, just from listening to his description of it, NBC bought it. Uh, it debuted on NBC in 1964 with host Art Fleming. Uh, it was on the air from 1964 to 1975, went away for a couple years, came back in 1978 again with Art Fleming. And then it kind of went away again. And then in 1984, it came back in syndication with a young host by the name of Alex Trebek uh, in 1984, who hosted the show all the way up until literally he died. Uh, he hosted shows, this last batch of shows that will air this week, he hosted the week of his death. Uh, so literally right up until the end, he was hosting the show, and that's it's been the same since 1984, so before any of us were alive. You know, it's kind of, I think we take that for granted, too, the the Trebek's and the Bob Barker's and the longevity that they had for these game shows. And uh, I want to stay with you. You talked a little bit about the inception of Jeopardy, but touch a little bit more about kind of the format. I know you started to a little bit, but elaborate a little bit more on the format of the show here. I will tell you about the format Right after we come back from our what break. What a tease. What a tease. It's a game show show. <laughs> right after these messages from our proud sponsors on the podcast, not on YouTube and on Facebook. Sorry, this is where it ends for you. Make sure you're checking us out tomorrow on the YouTube, on the podcast. For those on YouTube and the podcast, we will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. And Mr. Bennett, I believe you started a question before we went to that break. I did. I will repeat it. Um, I want to know a little bit about the format. Maybe for some people that haven't really watched these shows, I don't know who that may be, but kind of give us a rundown about how, uh, how Jeopardy, how it's formatted. Well, Jeopardy is kind of when you break it down it is a quiz show it's a trivia show but it's got the spin on it um the there are six categories consisting of five questions of different monetary values um and the clues are actually the answer to the question 
Um, and you must respond by asking that question. You must respond in the form of a question to get it right. The answer could be, has the largest head on the Convince Me show? And you would say, who is Casey Elrod? And that's how that is formatted. Wrong. wrong. <laughs> of course, that is not wrong. Um, but of course, like I said, there, there are six categories, five questions each in each round. Uh, there's three rounds. There's the first round that just just the Jeopardy round. Uh, the second round, which is double Jeopardy, where the monetary values are doubled. And then they go into the final round, which is final Jeopardy. At that point, every contestant has however much money they've accumulated in the first two rounds. And then they get to wager based on whatever the final Jeopardy category is. Uh, how much they want. There's one question. Uh, at the end of that question, whoever has the most money in their bank um, is the winner uh, and gets to play in the next show as well. Now, when the show started, whoever, however much money the person in second and the person in third got, they still got that much money uh, until show producers realized they'd save a lot more money if they just gave those people prizes uh, instead of the money they'd actually amassed. So now just the winner keeps his money. Um, the winner gets to play in the next show. There used to be a limit. There used to be you could only win five shows, and then you were done. You went on to the Tournament of Champions, which was kind of their winner's run. Uh, but, of course, in the early 2000s, they uh, took that limit off, and a couple of guys made some big names for themselves uh, with big runs on that show, uh, consecutive wins that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but yeah, they have different, you know, sub, they have teen week and college week, things like that. But even with the different people playing, uh, different age groups, different subsets, it's still the same concept and format of the show. Well, my favorite part is, is when, you know, they're going on through there and they went through this category, they went through this category, and then they say, I'll take uh, amphibians for 400. Then it's double. Out of nowhere. Boom. Then the suspense builds up. Now you're like, oh, where's the other one? Where's it at? All right. Elrod, tell me, you kind of talked a little bit, but tell me a little bit more about the format of the prices, right? Yeah, if you've been under a rock for the last 30 years, here is the format of the process rod. It hasn't changed since the seventies. Um, I'll talk about the, the Barker years in terms, and it hasn't changed since Drew Carey came along, but you have, would have Rod Roddy say uh, calling down the five people that will, uh, four people, I'm sorry, that will uh, be bidden to get, uh, to play one of the processing games. Uh, it's obscure items. Usually that they're bidding on uncontested row. It can be uh, a higher-end item. It's usually something very cheap um, compared to the pricing games. Um, and the one closest without going over uh, goes and plays a pricing game. Uh, usually, uh, you'll have someone bid a dollar, and then someone next to them might bid two dollars. And that's happened a couple of times where you bid one, two, three, and four dollars. Uh, if you if you get it on the nose, it, you get additional money. The pricing games, there's over 110 pricing games that has come out of the prices of right. And there's been over there's 77 uh, games right now that's in the rotation. Some of the games that you may be familiar with, uh, Plinko, where you, you drop uh, the little uh, uh, circle 
circle thing into the thing and it goes down, 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 and you either get zero dollars. There's been some episodes where they've raised it to $200,000. So you've got all these different increments that you can hit when your little disc goes down the little game. You've got putt-putt, which is my favorite game on the process. It's what got me interested in golf, actually. Playing that game, um, really cool game. You've got the, the Yoler game, which I butchered earlier. You, uh, the people that play the processing games go and spin the wheel. And uh, it's the closest to a dollar. Uh, and you get more money if you hit a dollar. Uh, usually they don't hit a dollar. It's usually 80 to 90 cents gets you into the showcase showdown where uh, more items are presented to you. If uh, I think it's $200. If you get within the showcase, you get both showcases. Uh, and that could be pretty big money. And, it, and we'll talk more about uh, some instances where that's really come into play in terms of bidding close and sometimes on the nose on the showcase showdown, how that's affected the game. So that is a breakdown of start to finish um, the current structure of the process, right, which hasn't changed since the 70s. You know, you talked about um, some of the games. I don't know a single person that hasn't wanted to go up and spin that wheel, you know. Yes, Give it one big spin. I've always wondered how heavy it was. I don't think anyone's ever really described to me how heavy that will is. I mean, some people can just go ram it. Some people struggle with it. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Anybody watching or listening, if you've been on the process route and you've spun that wheel, get in touch with us. Let yes. us know. We want to know. We want to hear from you. All right, Elra. I'm going to keep it with you, and I'm going to give you additional time here because you have a few more than Rut does. But mm -hmm. tell me – some of the people that have hosted the process. Yeah. So I'll go back to the original host, which is Bill Cullen. This guy, you may not recognize his name, but you've probably seen him on if you watch Game Show Network because he is one of the greatest game show hosts of all time. He had the initial run of nine years with the process, right? Uh, he also uh, hosted I've Got a Secret and To Tell the Truth, uh, two shows that you see quite often on Game Show Network. Uh, after him in 72, you get Mr. Process is right. You get Bob Barker. Uh, he came to the show from uh, Truth or Consequences, where he uh, he was a I mean he was the guy on that show for uh, 18 years before Process Right. Uh, that he was the host of that. Um, in in the middle of his run with Process Right, uh, you may, a lot of people don't know this, but he hosted. The Miss America, Miss USA in the Miss Universe pageant for over 20 years. So he did that. He was a huge, um, um, a huge advocate for animal rights. Uh, up in Cherokee, uh, North Carolina, he got Cherokee to really get rid of uh, having the black bears and some of their stores. And he went all around the country. And was a real advocate for animals. And that's how he always closed his show. It's about helping control the pet population. Um, he's synonymous with Rod Roddy, who, who that was his uh, announcer. And he was his announcer the entire time. Um, uh, Bob Barker, you, a lot of people know him from uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, he's uh, got all these accolades, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, then you get to Drew Carey. Drew Carey, uh, there was a lot of talk when Bob Barker was getting older and, and was nearing his retirement about who was going to replace Bob Barker. A lot of people had their input. A lot of people had their opinion. But CBS executives really 
zoned in and tuned into Drew Carey. Drew Carey um, uh, had his success with the Drew Carey show. Uh, uh, Whose line is anyway in the early 2000s was huge. He's in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. They don't follow professional wrestling. He was actually in the Hall of Fame. He was at the Royal Rumble. He initially, when they approached him, turned the show down because in his mind, nobody could step in those shoes and be Bob Barker. Well, after he uh, came to terms with nobody can really replace Bob Barker, they just had to do a good enough job. And he took him up on their offer. He says, I'll do it. He, he, uh, he's he has a quote that says, you can't replace Bob Barker. I don't compare myself to anybody. You're just, you got to do what you're supposed to do. And they changed uh, some of the iconic theme music, some of the logos, the, the set. They did change that uh, once he uh, became a host of the show. And one thing that I did not know until I did the research for this show is all three of these men uh, served in the U.S. Armed Forces. I did not know Drew Carey was a Marine. Bob Barker was, in the, uh, I believe, in the Air Force, and so was the original host. So all three men were um, uh, served our country. And uh, I like Drew Carey as the host. He's not Bob Barker, but nobody can be Bob Barker. Nobody can. It, it could be a lot worse than Drew Carey, though. That's for sure. Fun fact. Drew Carey is indeed in the WWE Hall of Fame, and he was inducted in 2011 in Atlanta, Georgia. Guess who was, at that, inter- guess who was at that Hall of Fame ceremony? You. This guy. And a lot of the line of the night went to Drew Carey uh, because wrestling fans are notorious for hating the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. And they're notorious for booing whoever is the celebrity inductee while they're giving their speech. And as is tradition, people started booing Drew Carey when he got up to accept uh, his nomination. And you'll remember Drew Carey used to be a bigger guy and then he lost a whole bunch of weight. Um, the f- people in the arena started booing and Drew Carey had the line of the night and he said, eh, I'm rich and skinny. Boo me all you want. <laughs> and that was, it got a pop out of the crowd and it kind of quelled the booing and everybody paid attention to him from that point on. <laughs> all right. Uh, point for red for uh, <laughs> an antidote there. All right. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, host of Jeopardy. Speaking of that, speaking speaking of rich and skinny, uh, Alex, the original Jeopardy was hosted by Art Fleming. Um, but when you say who hosted Jeopardy, nobody says Art Fleming. You know, with other shows, you could say let's who hosts them, let's make a deal. And some people will say, oh, well, that's Wayne Brady. But some people will say, oh, it's Monty Hall. You say, who hosts the prizes is right. Some folks might say, well, it's Drew Carey. And then a lot of people will say Bob Barker. When you say who's the host of Jeopardy, nobody says Art Fleming. Um, It's Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek, as I said earlier, held that post from 1984 until his his last week on this earth um, last year. And he's one of the greatest talk show hosts uh, in the history of talk show, game show hosts in the history of game shows. Uh, he won, he has won seven daytime Emmy awards for outstanding game show hosts. And the crazy thing is the amount of the years that those spanned. 
He won that award in 1989, 1990, 2003, 2006, 2008, 2019, and 2020. So literally throughout his entire run on that show, he was considered one of the best to ever do it. Um, he has a star on the uh, he started doing Jeopardy was because he was the host of Jeopardy. Uh, fun fact, the original show, do y'all remember that great um, show on Nickelodeon when we were growing up? Or I know me and Bennett, Elrod, you might be too young, but do you remember Double Dare, Bennett? Mm -hmm. I remember Double Dare. The very first version of the show Double Dare was hosted by Alex Trebek. Um, crazily enough. But after that... Uh, obviously, he was synonymous uh, with with Jeopardy. Uh, and you know how we are on this show. We look at polls. We look at things. And pretty much any poll you look at, one and two is going to be uh, Alex Trebek and Bob Barker uh, in some variation of that. And that really tells you where they are. Um, you want to look at Yard Barker? Yes, Bob Barker is number one with your back number two, but I think that's a Barker biased. If we're being completely honest, yard Barker gives it to Bob Barker. Um, but if you look at screen rant, Alex Trebek, number one, if you want to look at ranker, which is oh, God. just a thousand times judged completely by the common folk, the people number one is the late, great, greatest game show host of all time. Alex Trebek. Where's your Rotten Tomatoes at? You, you, you bring up Rotten Tomatoes. Where's it at? Where's Rotten Tomatoes say about it? If was a Jeopardy the movie, it would probably be there. Probably. All right. So, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, they've got a combined 86 seasons from my calculation. So, there's been a ton, a ton of people that have been on these two shows. And I'm going to start with you. Surely of all these thousands of people, there should be a few that have stuck out as more notable and maybe yeah. some of these that have won a ton of money. So let's talk about that for a minute. Oddly enough, the two that I'll talk about both are recent in the Drew Carey years. Uh, in terms of who has won the most money on the game show, Michael uh, Stober back in 2019 uh, they changed up the rules. Uh, now I'm not talking about, they had primetime versions of, uh, the show where uh, they double or triple the money. But in terms of daytime uh, prices, right, he won $262,000 in one day. And 200000 of that came from Plinko. Uh, they changed uh, the amounts for, for Plinko during this one episode, and it kind of backfired on him because he his chip hit the $200,000 level. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was during their big money week. Uh, now, the next this next thing may be kind of lengthy, but if you I know Rudd has watched this movie. I don't know about you, Bennett, but Perfect Bid is a documentary that's on Netflix. It's about a man named Ted Slauson who uh, spent a better uh, part of 20 years studying the process, right? Studying, uh, he had this very detailed spreadsheet about what uh, amount was what. And he kept this thing for years and he was a local resident and he would always go to the show and, and yell out during the Bob Barker years, for instance, uh, what a price was. 
and somebody would bid that and, uh, during the um, uh, when they were contestants to roll, and they would hit it every time because he memorized all the prices because the prices right really never changed in terms of uh, what the value was for a certain item. Finally, he gets on the show. And um, if I remember this correctly, uh, in the showcase showdown, he bids the perfect, he bids the exact amount of his showcase. The first time this has ever happened. And this was a year into Drew Carey being the, the host. Actually, it was his first year being the host. And you, the look on Drew Carey's face when he has to read off what the uh, correct amount is is priceless. It's on YouTube. You should check it out because he's flabbergasted. And in the documentary, it, it talks about how Drew Carey goes off to the side of the producers and says a couple expletives about what happened. How did he do this? It about ended the show. It about crippled the show because this put the entire game show, the integrity in question. Well, since then, they have totally changed the way they value items. Uh, they constantly have new items that's coming in that have different evaluations. So there's no chance they could do this now. But that perfect bid documentary is one of the best things I've watched on Netflix in a long time. So he is um, he was on there uh, on the show for better part of 20 years on and off. This Ted Slauson guy was, but only one time was he able to get on the show, and he was right on the money on that showcase showdown, and won both of them. They gave him the other one too. And one thing I'll say real quickly, uh, Price is Right is notorious for giving away cars. That's their big thing, cars, uh, Mustangs, Corvettes. A lot of people have had to file for bankruptcy. They have won these cars, low-income people, because they are subjected to the, to the taxes. They got to pay California taxes because the game shows in California. Then they got to pay their own state taxes. Some people have had to file for bankruptcy because of these cars. So that's kind of uh, another thing about the process, Rob. That's kind of crazy. Two things that stuck out. Number one, you said when they did the 200K uh, Plinko there, you know, after that show uh, stopped airing, the producers were probably like, hey, go ahead and nix that uh, 200,000 slot you got there. Let's not do this again. <laughs> Let's not do this again. Yeah. Um, number two. What was number two also? But if, if you haven't watched the Drew Carey episode where he has to read off that number, it was like 23,847. He knew that something was about this. That's what I was going to say too. If you if you watch, even if you watch it on YouTube, um, when he reads it off, you would think, you know, you read it off, and it's exactly what he said. You would be like, "Wow, this is crazy!" You know, I'd be excited for him. And uh, Drew Carey is just like, "You won, <laughs> get out of here, get out of here." <laughs> yeah, he was very un. Um, un uh, He's unenthusiastic about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Rut. What about you? Is there some uh, notable contestants on Jeopardy? Really, when you look at Jeopardy from 1984 till now, uh, there are really three big names when it comes to Jeopardy winners. And the first one uh, was a gentleman by the name of Brad Rudder, who played in 2000, who still to this day uh, is the record holder for lifetime Jeopardy-related winnings. And he played in 2000 when he was capped at five regular shows. Um, he, he won five days in a row. Uh, he really, he, 
they were special shows, those five shows. So he amassed like $55,000 in his five-day winnings, but he also won two cars um, that count that were like $45,000. So really he won about $100,000 uh, in those five shows, at least as far as value. But then he got brought back for the Tournament of Champions in 2001, and he won that $100,000. He got brought back for the... Uh, Jeopardy Million Dollar Masters Tournament in 2002, and he won the million dollar first place. He got brought back for the Jeopardy uh, Ultimate Tournament of Champions in 2005 and won the $2 million first place prize. So even though he only played on five regular shows, he is still the record holder with $5.2 million won in Jeopardy-related money. Uh, from his run of shows and then these big tournaments um, that Jeopardy brings back the winners. And then the name, the next name I'm about to say is probably the one everybody's most familiar with, and that is Ken Jennings. Um, Ken Jennings played in 2004. It doesn't seem like it's been that long ago, but it was. Um, right after, just a year or so after they lifted that five-game ban, or that five-game limit. They decided, you know what, if somebody wins, they're going to play till they lose. And Ken Jennings appeared on 75 episodes. He won 74 episodes in a row, uh, set the record that was not ever even touched. Uh, to this day, it hasn't even been touched. Um, he won, he amassed two, over two and a half million dollars in those 74 episodes. And I remember watching some of that run. And even when they got to like show 40, you know, after in between the Jeopardy round and the double Jeopardy round, uh, Alex Trebek would go up to the contestants and say something, you know, bring up some fun fact about their life. I remember it was like his 40th episode and Alex Trebek went over there and said, I, there's nothing else for you to talk about. We've literally talked about every aspect of your life at this point. And that was halfway through uh, his big run because of that. He's been brought back. He's been on all sorts of game shows as the expert. Um, and Ken Jennings has been tabbed as the first interim host uh, for the next run of shows after uh, Alex Trebek's passing until they can find a new permanent host. They're going to have a couple Jeopardy people in the Jeopardy family host and Ken Jennings will be the first interim host uh, of that show. And I guess those episodes will air probably next week, I'm assuming. Um, and then the third one is a guy that just played last year, a game, by, a man by the name of James Holzhauer. Uh, who went on the second longest run of like, I think he went 33 episodes, but really he kind of drew attention because he changed, a he used a strategy nobody had used before. And because of that, he set the single record for most, most money won in a single round because he came in with this new strategy that nobody had done before of picking the highest valued questions first so that way he had more money in his bank. And when he hit the daily double, he had more money to double. Um, he has the record for 77, uh, or actually he's, he set the record um, on an episode where he gained $110,000 in one episode. 
uh, of Jeopardy. Like I said, he was on there for 33 consecutive shows, and by using this strategy, when his run ended after 33 shows, he held the top 16 spots for single-day winnings on Jeopardy. So half of his shows were records because he used this strategy that nobody had used before. Why did someone do that before? I mean, nothing was preventing him from doing it. It seems logical to do that. I'm just surprised it took someone that long. I do too, because, I mean, granted, the point values now, the cash values, once they cut out second and third place getting whatever they earned, they were able to raise the values of the questions on the board. Um, But it was still, the values have been raised for several, several, several years. I don't know why anybody's ever thought of that. I've never thought of doing it, but you would think somebody smarter than me would have uh, before last year, but apparently not. You guys remember when we used to do uh, trivia every Tuesday night? Absolutely. You guys remember that? We needed a Ken Jennings is what we needed. That's all we needed. We had a, we had a good core. We just missed that, that one Ken Jennings. That's what we needed. Mm. We could have took it every week. We could have had a record, a Cosmos record for most wins consecutive. <laughs> Absolutely. Wasn't he like an, a tax accountant or something? Ken Jennings? Didn't he have some kind of crazy job? It's, it's, it was some boring job, but uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. Who would win, him or Ken Jennings, or, or the or the guy in two thousand? If you put those three guys together, who wins? Probably whoever can click their button the fastest, because I don't think any of those three guys missed a lot of questions. That's just crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right. Um, <clears throat> Moving on, Brett, um, I know you talked a little bit about um, some of the awards that uh, Alex Trebek has, has won over the years. Tell me a little bit about the, the accolades or the achievements um, that Jeopardy has won over the years. Sure. Um, Jeopardy has obviously, in all of its time being on the air, been very uh, prestigious. It's always been up there. It's won a record 39 Daytime Emmy Awards. Uh, which is more than any other show. As I mentioned, Trebek won uh, Outstanding Game Show Host, the Daytime Emmy, uh, seven different times. Alex Trebek was given a Lifetime Achievement Awards by the Emmys. Um, The show was honored with a Peabody Award uh, in 2012 for its role uh, in encouraging, celebrating, and rewarding knowledge. Um, TV Guide named Jeopardy as the best game show of the 70s. Um, they, in 2001, put out a show of 50 greatest game shows and had Jeopardy as number two with The Price is Right as number one um, in 2001. However, in 2013, they redid the list and made 60 greatest game shows and moved Jeopardy to number one. Uh, Something tells me Drew Carey being the host at that time instead of Bob Barker probably had something to do uh, with that shift, but there's one thing I really want to stress, and let me get back to it here in my notes, is the, let me just ask you this, Ben, and I'm, I'm going to take this and do it like you've done in the past. I'm going to name off a list of shows here. The Golden Girls, Mama's Family, Cheers, Family Guy, Saturday Night Live, um, 
the movie White Men Can't Jump, the movie Die Hard, Man in Black, Men in Black, Rain Man, uh, The Bucket List, Groundhog Day, Predator 2, Breaking Bad, and Finding Forrester. What do all of those movies and shows have in common? Um, well, I know uh, Family Guy talks about, uh, they do a skit with Jeopardy, so I'm going to say they all involve Jeopardy in some way. Every single one of them have at least some nod, some TV shows uh, giving a whole other, uh, a whole episode devoted uh, to the show of Jeopardy. Either somebody being on Jeopardy or watching Jeopardy. Uh, it's really ingratiated itself in pop culture. Saturday Night Live did skits forever with a Sean Connery character and Will Ferrell playing Alex Trebek uh, that are some of SNL's greatest skits uh, are those skits done on Jeopardy. Um, Jeopardy is one of the few game shows that has had spinoffs. Um, there was a rock and roll Jeopardy in the mid-90s on the VH1 channel. There's a sports Jeopardy. Uh, hosted by Dan Patrick. It's a show that has spinoffs. And of course, the theme song. Um, and hold on just a second. There was. The theme song is one of the most famous theme songs in the history uh, of game shows. And I'm not going to be able to find it now. Uh, it actually has a name that I didn't realize until I was. Uh, the name of the song is called Think. But we're all familiar with it. Anytime we ask somebody a question and they aren't real quick to answer us, we will go do 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 do. That thirty second is one of the most it's the most famous game show music in the world. Even more famous than your lady, your lady, your lady. Your lady. <laughs> so <laughs> the way hey, that not a good impression. Not a good impression. It's an award winner. It has ingratiated itself in the pop culture. Everybody knows Jeopardy. Uh, people say things in casual conversations where they will answer things in the form of a question. Uh, it's really ingratiated itself in the pop culture, in, into people's vernacular, um, and, and it's just the accolades and awards it's won are really countless. You know, and that's, that's one of the reasons – that you go to a live sporting event because if you go to a football game, for example, and they go to uh, a booth review, you know, to kill that time, the refs sitting there um, watching the replay and they'll sometimes start playing the Jeopardy theme song there. <laughs> That's why you go to the live games, get the Jeopardy theme song. Exactly. All right. Um, Elrod, tell me a little bit about some of the uh, achievements from Prices Drive. Process Rant has aired over 9,000 episodes since its debut. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see if you if you had to sit down and binge these episodes, how long it would take you. It would take you a pretty good while to watch them all. It's one of the longest-running TV network series in the entire history of this world. Uh, Rutt talked about uh, the TV gods' best game shows of all time. And it has alternated. In 2007, uh, right before uh, Bob Barker left, it was named the greatest game show of all time. A lot of people have this misconception, though, that that Price is Right has really went down since Bob Barker left. And it, and it really hasn't when you look at the number of Daytime Emmy Awards. 
the prices run is one eight total. 88, 96, 97, 2004, 2007, Bob Barker's last year. But since Drew Carey's come on the scene, it's one of the best um, uh, outstanding game show three times since Drew Carey has come along in his 12-year run. Um, let's talk about Bob Barker for a minute. I really didn't talk about this earlier. 19 times he was an Emmy winner. Five times he was uh, the Emmy winner for Outstanding Game Show Host. The TBS Television City Studios is named after him, Bob Barker Studio. Uh, he's in the Television Hall of Fame. Time Magazine voted Bob Barker the greatest game show host of all time over Alex Trebek. Uh, and the Game Show Network has given Bob Barker the Lifetime Achievement Award. For, and I assume Alex Trebek will get this award, too. Uh, after his death, but both of these shows can put all of their uh, can put all of their awards in the U-Haul van. All the Emmys they've won. Uh, Rutt spoke about uh, Jeopardy. The same can be said for the prices right. All these Emmy awards. It's basically going to come down to preference on this. Do, do you like the trivia, or do you like all the games and all the luck? That's what this is going to come down to. And I like the games. I like trivia, but if I want to watch a game show, I want to see this. I want to see just the luck. I, I want to see just these crazy games they play, and that's what you get with the prices right. Uh, that's true. Um, it really does. It comes down to it comes down to luck. Some stress, some strategy too, though. Um, this one, and it really, it you know, you hit it right on the money. You said it comes down to the the trivia versus the games. So, and that's kind of where I've been going back and forth too. Do I like the trivia aspect and the competition or do I like all the games and the luck? So Elrod, I'm going to start with you. Give me your closing and tell me why the games and the, and all that goes with it is better than Jeopardy. Think of it like this. If I'm ever out in California and have the opportunity to go on a Jeopardy or go on the Process Right, I might, I might have a chance with Jeopardy. It depends on who my competition is. And it depends on how crazy I go with uh, bidding. And it, what I'm trying to say is I like going into it on an even playing field with people. If I, if I, my luck, I'm the unluckiest person in the world. If I show up for the Jeopardy episode, Ken Jennings is going to be on the side. I like going into it completely even playing field and let it be luck of the draw. And I want, I mean, just imagine this. This is everybody's uh, growing up. You want to play Plinko. You want to put that chip in there and you want to see it go down and down and down. You want to play putt putt golf. You want to see the little yodeler. I'm not going to do the yodeler thing again, but you want to see him going up the mountain. You want to play the dice game. You want to play all these crazy clock games you see on there. You want to win. You want to win the sports car. You can't do that on Jeopardy. It's all about money and figures and trivia. The Price is Right is a true game show. It's it's the th stuff that dreams are made of as a young kid. It's playing all these iconic games. You don't find that with Jeopardy. You just I love Alex Trebek. I think uh, God rest his soul. But you just don't you don't see the fun. You, uh, you don't see the games. You don't see all these 
beautiful models. You don't get that with <laughs> you don't get that with Jeopardy. You get Alex Trebek, or you did have Alex Trebek. That's all you see. So, so if I'm out in California, I want to play the prices right. I want to be in contestants' row. I want to be out there hearing my name called, my name tag on. That's what I want to have happen. Alvin's consider this comes down to preference, but best game show gotta be process right. Mm. Right, Jeopardy. Bennett, you're a lot like me. You like competition. You like to to go out and compete against other people. And when I think game show, I think of you know, yeah, there's luck involved. There's luck involved with Jeopardy. If you gave me 10 most famous, you know, here's a question on the most famous purse manufacturers of all time. I'm not going to get a single question right, and I consider myself a fairly intelligent person. Um, but there is a luck of the draw to it, but it does come down to the competition. As somebody who, not to brag, but I'm a fairly intelligent person. Or you both of debatable, you guys, debatable, debatable. Both of you guys are fairly intelligent person. Should I pull out my Mensa card here on the show? Yeah, bring, bring out your Mensa card. Show people how smart you are. But anyway, we live in a society where intelligence means nothing anymore, like it used to. Intelligence used to be a big thing to have, and now it doesn't. And what we can hold on to that with is Jeopardy. Because like I said, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can get on Price is Right and win a new car. They won't be able to afford the taxes on it, but they can win a new car. That's another thing. On Jeopardy, you're taxed on what money that you didn't have before you started. You're taxed on some money you won, so you still get some money. These people are getting taxed on a car, and they don't have the money to pay the tax on the car, and... Price is right. Don't give you cash value. You have to take the prize. But anyway, I digress. Uh, but you, Jeopardy is truly a competition. That's what makes somebody like Ken Jennings and James Holzhauer and Brad Rutter such incredible people who have gone on to have careers based off their Jeopardy winnings. You see them, they rule the game show network on those shows where they're brought in as the experts on trivia games, and then they've won a whole lot more money doing that. Um, it's really launched them. They're not having to do boring jobs anymore. But Jeopardy, here's the thing. I love The Price is Right. I used to watch The Price is Right growing up. Uh, I'm not home a lot watching TV at 10 o'clock in the morning anymore, but there's a whole lot of sizzle to the prices right. And if you're into that kind of thing, that's great. There's the glitz, the glamour, the lights. There's a lot of sizzle, but the stake is with Jeopardy. It is a true competition that you have to be talented or at least have a lot of useless knowledge to even get on the show much less win the show, hosted by one of the greatest hosts, number one or number two. Um, I'm going to say for the sake of my argument, number one, greatest game show host uh, of all time since 1984. It has been consistent. I'm anxious to see if there is a downturn uh, starting next week. I guess only time will tell, but it's one of the most consistent. You know what you're going to get. You can sit at home and watch it and answer the questions and feel like you're a genius uh, as opposed to Price is Right where you just want to see some 
grandmother who came with her 12 kids start jumping up and down because she rolled an 80 on the wheel before somebody else rolls up and runs an 85. Um, you've got to be it's, – it's just more in the spirit of competition. Not as much sizzle, but a whole lot more steak. Um, and when we're talking about competition, we're talking about true game shows and having to be have some sort of talent to win, I think Jeopardy takes it hands down. You know, one thing that we haven't talked about, or I didn't talk about earlier, one of the greatest stories I've ever heard about Jeopardy was, uh, of course, Jeopardy has always come on earlier on the East Coast rather than the West Coast. And there was a guy online that said that uh, he lived on the West Coast. His parents and grandparents lived on the East Coast. And he said he used to call into them back in the early uh, – late 90s, early 2000s. And he would get the answers from Jeopardy that day. And he would bet his fraternity brothers – they would have bets. And he said he paid his rent – uh, many times over because he got the answers in advance from his grandmother who lived on the East Coast because uh, the show didn't come on till later in the West Coast. It was the same show, same episode. The smart people. <laughs> Jeopardy <laughs> smart people. That's smart. <laughs> That's smart. All right, guys. Y'all, y'all got me in a tough spot. Um, I wrote down some things that really stuck with me, both good and bad for both of them. Um, I guess I'll start with Jeopardy. I have that one down for some of the stuff going against, and there's not a lot for either one of these going against them, but for Jeopardy, you know, when you think of game shows, you think of the glitz and the glam and the lights and the fun, and you don't get that with Jeopardy. You know, when somebody wins, um, you know, $50,000, you know, they, you know, people don't go crazy, and it's not – I don't say it, it's entertaining, but, you know, it's not um, crazy like it is on some of these other game shows like Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud, um, Price is Right, for example. So, you know, it, you don't get that from it. Um, and for Price is Right, big hole against it until they fixed it was – it was predictable. You could sit – at home and start figuring out stuff and find a way to beat the system on it. And um, some of the prizes too. What if, what if you say I get on there and then I win like a uh, free haircuts for a year, what am I going to do with that? (laughs) And then I win, I win this car that I got to figure out how to get back to Tennessee. And by the time I pay the taxes on it, like I said, I'm, I'm gone bankrupt on it. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe not. Or what if you, you've won your big prize and it's a trip somewhere that you don't want to go? I mean, yeah, it's awesome. You've won. That's great. And I think everybody, like, gets pumped in the drilling because they won. But then whenever the show's over and they're, like, you know, back in their room or whatever, and they're like, what am I going to do? My favorite thing about the process, Rod, is seeing which, like, during the showcase showdown, especially during the Bob Barker years, the people that have to bid first they see their showcase and just totally disgusted about some of the items in this showcase, and they just thumb their nose up at it. It's pretty funny. Can't, about- they, can't they pass? They, they can pass it, that, and they'll pass it, but it's like you see this look on their face like, oh, I don't want this crap. Get this crap out of here. You have it. Well, that's, that's like just the other day, me and the wife were watching another game show, Let's Make a Deal, 
uh, a couple weeks ago, and one of the big prizes was a trip to Nashville. What good <laughs> is that for us? <laughs> I would win that trip. That would be the trip I would win. if Bill I Bill Rod works in Nashville. Up until September, I worked in Nashville. Bennett's been to Nashville numerous amounts of times. It's like you go on this game show and you win a trip to right down the road. <laughs> you know, I had this happen to me. Um, company Christmas party. I never win anything at any of these, even at the end where they're just drawing out names to win the decorations on the table. I don't even win that. So you're me, me and my wife go. And I think, I think my son was, was a baby. Um, we stayed, we, they drew some names course i didn't want anything so we're going to leave we got to drive back home i get a text message dude you just won the grand prize i was like don't don't mess with me like no for real you did then another person texted me and was like hey congrats you won the you won our grand prize i'm like that's awesome because i know in some of years past like the grand prize was an ipad or something of that nature a really nice gift card i was like cool what did i win you won women's ut basketball tickets what am I going to do with that? So I wound up giving it away. So I kind of, that's kind of how it feels like, yes, I won the grand prize, but it, I gave them away. That sounds like my 20 gender wars championships on 175 the river. All 20 times. It's like, crap. That doesn't sound like fun. Can you just give it to the other girl who lost? Because I don't <laughs> want that crap. <laughs> okay back on track here. some of the good things that I like and uh, I'll start with prices right they have they have the best games you know all three of us have wanted at some point to go on there and you know play the games do the little yodeler spin the wheel I'd love to go out there and do some of these just to see you know try my luck and see how good I would be at or trying to guess some of these prices I always sit at home I'm like oh I can do better than that but then you get there maybe not but um I do think that between the two hosts, personally for me, I like Bob Barker a little bit better than Alex Trebek. No offense, just I just think he's a better host, the energy that he brought. And there's something to say about, you said, 9,000-something shows. That means they're doing something right, for sure. Um, for Jeopardy, you, you get rewarded for winning, and I really like that. Um, you, you have the possibility to come back. You know, like you, you win, you get to come back. So there's that aspect into it. And it's, it's, there's the strategic aspect of it. It's not just, yeah, you said there is some luck in it. Like it would have to be, for me to win, I'd have to have like one category about the 95 Braves, one category about ABBA. I'd have to have a category about Forrest Gump, just for me to, just for me, just to stay, you know, somewhat relevant. So there is the strategy on um, the, pop culture references we've all done the jeopardy theme song or we've always we've you know you may answer something in the form of a question many many times and two you can watch tv and it's very educational you know you watch jeopardy and you feel like you've taken something out of i can watch the price is right and uh, be entertained but maybe the only thing i got out of it is that price of this car is twenty one thousand nine hundred eighty six dollars so, so this got that working for it. Um, what it really did come down to is if you want to look at the competition aspect of it or if you want to look at the, uh, the fun aspect of it. And 
honestly, if it was me and I am in California and I could go on any one of these shows, I think I would want to go on the prices right for the fun. But one thing above it barely is I am a firm, huge believer about rewarding talent and rewarding skill. So I don't like, you know, okay, yeah, you get a prize, you get a prize, you get a prize. I like, you know, to be rewarded for good work and hard work. So by a hair, I'm going to say Jeopardy. Mm. By a hair. Mm. You're not a fan of Oprah. You get a prize. <laughs> you get a prize. And you get a car. No, I don't like that. I'm what you know, I like the structure of it. Is you know, you get rewarded for what you've done. But you know, interestingly enough, you brought up Oprah and we talked about the car situation. Not someone should do a follow-up story to all those people who got those cars to see how much in taxes they had to pay on, on those cars. Because they have them probably bankrupt now. Because that's what they don't tell you in these shows that you have to pay taxes on whatever you win. It may and be the reason. And they're typically crap base model cars. I mean, yes. granted, for free, that's base cool. Model. But to have to pay the taxes on it and have to pay to have it transported across the country. Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> At least There's been Jeopardy. some controversies, uh, especially around the prices, right about the vehicles in terms of what it does to people and their financial well-being, the on taxes. Jeopardy, on Jeopardy, you can go on a week-long run and win – Seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars, and you can buy almost any car you want to, uh, mm-hmm. and you can buy it at home and only have to pay those taxes on it. So, and that's that's really what it comes down to is, you know, the what you're rewarded for for your efforts. Exactly. So, well, I tried. It's like, I'm sorry, Bob. It's like at work, you know, the the face value of those tickets I think was like fifteen dollars. A piece. So I would have rather had the thirty dollars than the two tickets. Give me the face value. Oh me. Well, guys, let us know what you think. Hop on our socials. Are you a Jeopardy fan? Are you a Price is Right fan? Or maybe you're a fan of of Will Fortune or Family Feud. Um, or maybe some obscure game show. Maybe some of you are old school Stump the Schwab fans, which was a mm. fantastic show. Um, that doesn't get enough credit. Uh, I should have been on that show. I'm going to start a show called Stump the Rut because I have a lot of uh, useless knowledge. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys for joining us for episode 38, first episode of the year 2021. And this week, you're all winners or losers, depending on how you look at it. If you've made it to this part of the show, we consider you a fantastic winner. Maybe you feel pretty much like a loser for sitting around listening to us for probably going on an hour. Uh, But we have kept it relatively short this week, gentlemen. Um, Time limits were back in play, which is a plus. Uh, So, gentlemen, any parting words before we sign off for the first time in 2021? The price is apparently wrong. (laughs) Oh, it was close, though. And uh, a couple of things. Number one, of all the shows of 2021, this is going to start off in the number one spot as the best show. And number two, you didn't ask me what my favorite show is. What's your favorite show, Bennett? The Convince Me Show. Oh, oh. oh. 
Bada boom. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. Don't know what the show is. I'm sure it'll be good. Tune in to find out. But until then, peace. Have your pet spayed and neutered.